Welcome to the GBU Podcast, presented by Alex Mitchell. In this episode, I am joined by an amazing founder who I've known for a couple of years. We spent a couple of days together with a couple of drinks in the evening out in Paris at the Viva Tech Summit about in 2018, I think it was, doing some fairly cool stuff and some fairly awesome robotics and found out about his amazing company then. In the last two years, it has grown massively, going into a number of other countries and continents across the globe. It is a real success story. And during this current crisis, they're also doing some fairly innovative stuff in the way to utilize their services to best effect and provide a meaningful impact to organizations on the ground. But to tell you a little bit about more about what he does and what his business does, Kieran, over to you. Thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, my name's Kieran Hope. I am founder and CEO of Air Control Entech. Uh, we started the business back in 2016 with a view to changing the way that uh, we developed um, technologies for inspection. So uh, drones off the shelf had, they say, single batteries or they, they didn't have the correct um, you know, GPS enabling uh, systems to allow us to fly close to uh, magnetic steel structures. Um, that's where we sort of started designing and manufacturing our, our own equipment. And from then we've uh, we've manufactured about six six different systems. We're in the process of a seventh and looking to do an eighth very soon as well. Um, and at the moment we are also changing our hand from our manufacturing of drones to manufacturing face visors for the NHS as well. Garrett, that is fantastic. Now, you've seen quite a big growth in your business over the last few years. What has fueled that? Have you been out aggressively looking for new business opportunities or have you been, have they naturally come to you? Is it because you've got a USP within the space or is it because of the skill set you've got within the business? What is, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, has it been coordinated growth or has it just naturally happened? Um, I think it's been a bit of both. It's been quite even, evenly spread. Um, we've got people out there that go out and sell. Um, but again, we've got a great track record. Um, the kit that we provide does things that are uh, unimaginable to some people. So it's um, it is quite an easy sell or getting to a stage of getting getting in about a sell is is relatively easy. It's then when you become obviously a, a new technology company, if you haven't proven that technology or it doesn't have thousands and thousands of working hours on it, especially our client base where oil and gas is probably, I would say the second hardest industry to to, to input technology into at the moment. Um, we've found a lot of barriers to entry, um, so right. they've been quite hard to overcome. To be honest, the growth rate could potentially have been far greater um, if we had the less barriers to entry. But again, it's a very lucrative market, or, or certainly was um, when we when we got into it. So that's why the barriers are in place. Um, they want the best of the best, and anything less than that just won't do. And I know from a few times we talked over the last couple of years the way you structure the business, the way you structure the board, the way you have, in a way, sort of not so much taken a step back from the business, but you are now very much on the doing aspect and you've brought other skill sets in to drive the business forward and manage it on the day-to-day -day aspect. What does that look like and, and how did you find out? I know a lot of founders find it quite difficult. And so what was your sort of journey around that aspect? I guess for me, Alex, one of the, one of the driving factors for that for me is um, there's people out there that have got numerous numerous years under their belt of managing small businesses and taking them to through scale into high growth um i've done i've done pretty well with you know my my, my own skill set to get to where we are i think a lot of it's maybe come down to 
you know, I've seen something on Instagram today. There's uh, six six items that you need for a successful uh, entrepreneur: um, grit, determination, passion, long hours, you know, sacrifice, you know, a, a lot of those things. And to get to where I was, I was putting so much energy into the wrong areas. Um, and I, I was getting there. I was getting some good results, but my time is far better spent in innovating and coming up with the new ideas that keeps the company at the forefront of innovation. Um, Again, you know, we've got people out there and we've got a great team um, that are basically, I say where I want to go and, you know, they find a way how we get there. Um, whereas I find the products which are going to keep keep us at the forefront of the, the innovative cycle. And on that sort of finding the products and I guess that sort of continuing innovation within the business, is it completely creating new products? Because I, I know you started off on gas and oil rigs or using drones and sensors on that side of things. Now you've migrated into other areas like bridges. Was that a natural progression? Was that completely creation of a new product, or was it utilizing the current product in a different way with some tweaks and some amends? No, it's it's, com it's a complete different product set because the parameters we work in are so different. Um, it's a complete different product set, so we've got to go through a brand new whole project lifecycle. Um, so we start off our product design brief. What do we need it to do? Um, what what are our targets for that product to to achieve? It then goes to the design team. They come back with, you know, say ten, I, I list ten items. You know, five might be absolute must-haves. Five might be nice-to-haves. So if they come back to me with five five uh, must-haves that are that, and uh, I'm happy with that. And if I can get five five nice-to-haves, I'd be happy with that. But you know, you can't you can't do everything. Um, and certainly with the technology, the pace of drone technology moving as quick as it is we will get there eventually it's just a matter of time and um, but again it's just a lot of you've got to really try and fine tune and manage the balance of research and develop de development plus commercialization because if you don't have commercial work and you don't have commercial revenue you then can't drive your r d efforts so you would be effectively on a road to nothing so that uh, that needs that needs a lot of consideration for that but um at the moment we're we're working on also another and again, it's been driven by COVID-19. Um, the outlook for the UK is going to be grim for the next 24 months, at least. Um, we're going to be paying for this for decades. Um, one of the issues we've got at the moment is critical infrastructure. We're spending, well, the, the country spends £16 billion per year on asset integrity throughout bridges, infrastructure, telecoms, towers, um, mm. oil and gas rigs, £16 billion a year. Now, if we've got all these people working from home and we've got nobody on site, all we're doing is letting these assets decline further. So our spend will then go up from say 16 billion to circa 20 plus billion per annum and um, because we've let these deteriorate for so long. So what, we, what we're looking at at the moment is working on a project where we're actually reducing the, the size of teams. So if you imagine you've got a, say a two or three man rope access team, you've then got an inspection yeah. engineer, and plus, you know, say another. Sorry, Kieran, just a quick one. A rope access team. What what is a rope access team? So rope access would be a rope access team would be basically men climbing on ropes up um, up an asset. So it could be a telecoms tower, and they would go up to do inspection or maintenance on that. Um, but what we do is we we're trying to eliminate the amount of people that are put in harm's way, and especially during COVID nineteen. If you imagine you've got four people standing in close proximity on site. Mm. They've got a work vehicle. How did they get to site? The chances are they probably sat next to each other in the works vehicle. You know, so what we're now looking at doing and developing um, with another large inspection company 
is remote, remote digital uh, inspection techniques. So how can we still keep that asset running and keep the maintenance up on it, but only using one person? So what we're looking at doing at the moment is pretty much like what we're doing at the moment. We're, we're on live stream having a chat. Um, a little bit more advanced than that, because what we're looking to do is have the drone seeing everything that you can, uh, you know, you'd be sitting in your living room and the drone sees exactly everything that, uh, that you, know, you see everything the drone sees effectively. Yeah. Um, from there, you're able to then speak to the pilot as, as the engineer, you're able to speak to the pilot and say, OK, I'm happy. I've seen that bit. Um, you know, can we go and look at this now? Yeah, OK, I'm happy with that. Oh, go back a bit. I need to go and check mm -hmm. something else. Um, so we're getting feeding live data which uh, again reducing the amount of personnel and I, when i when we talked about this on linkedin before and i know we've had discussions one of the biggest issues i had when i started the company was okay so drone if you look at like a drone uh, drone team you can be one to two men you know rope access team could be three to four men oh okay so drones are going to replace us drones are taking our jobs well it's not actually true what we do is we enable we enable inspections, we, we find more issues, which then eventually we can fix things. So the, the, the amount of money that we'll then have to spend on critical failures comes down. Mm -hmm. But there's also some more high skilled jobs there. So, for instance, you know, when I left school, what, what could I have been? I could have been a joiner, a plumber, an electrician. I could have gone to forces or I could have started off as a roustabout um, offshore, which is like the, the basic entry level position. Yeah. Now. When kids come out of school, we're now driving STEM, you know, technology, massive, massive push on that now. Whereas kids yeah. are these days. I remember when I was at school, it was all done on the blackboard, and I mean, I'm, I'm only thirty. You know, it was all done on the blackboard and T squares in the table. I walked into a classroom, um, you know, a year ago, and I was giving some students uh, in in what we call secondary school here, um, yeah. giving them advice and and uh, try to sort of G them up into, and try to provoke uh, some thought into, into what they wanted to do when they left school. And, you know, they've got all this great digital technology, digital blackboards, and, you know, that's the really, it's a driver now. These kids have now got an opportunity to to progress further than just, and start thinking a little bit bigger than, than you can become a tradesman. Yeah, I, I think, Kieran, just to wrap up on two areas, just putting out from what you were talking about, Firstly, it seems obvious in relation to what you're looking at now in, in, in sort of a, a way you've pivoted the business or looking to pivot the business a bit to make the most of the current situation in which we're in to reduce team size to utilize your product. When you're telling it to me now, it looks like an obvious thing to do. It's like, oh, well, that's great. Why would you do it? But sometimes to see that opportunity, to see that, that creative way of doing stuff isn't that easy to come across. So, a first quick question about how did that particular instance come to you? Was it someone approaching you? Was it one of your team? How did it come about? And secondly, just sort of pivoting back to the start of the conversation, maybe at the end you could just say a few words about how you've created that team around you. It isn't easy to find investors. It isn't easy to find mm -hmm. business to take the individuals to take the skill, the business order, the skill sets you need. So maybe if you could just cover off those two little bits as well as wrap up, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I guess uh, from our side, we're pivoting the businesses into the current situation and making sure that we remain remain where we are and still able to operate. Um, a lot of that comes down to what people need. Um, so we we actively we actively engage with clients, and even if we're, if there's not scopes of work there for us to win, we always say, look, is there anything we can help with? You know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Um, not pestering them, but remaining in communication is vital. 
Um, because the landscape changes um, all the time, in, in current climate, it changes daily, hourly. Um, so keeping a constant flow of communication, even once every once a week, once every two weeks. Um, you know, I always start off with, "How are you? How's the family? Hope you're well." You know, yeah. Have you thought of this? That that. You know, there's there's ways and means to to approaching a sale, and without becoming too pushy. I mean, I I was looking through my LinkedIn. It's like real, real collaboration in relation to what you're doing. Speaking to people, not take no for an answer. Thinking up ways to work together, ways you can collaborate to make the best of a situation for all parties involved. Yeah, and it is, I think at the same time as well. I mean, we 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 sell to asset owners, but we also now we we also realise that inspection companies are are a massive a massive target for us because these yeah. guys already have contracts with the asset owners, and it's an easier sell. You know, if we can yeah. go in there and and uh, and make them more money. You know, it's a win-win for everybody. So, and and then the last part was a bit about, as I mentioned earlier, about how did you create the team around you? It isn't easy. Um, a lot of people find it quite difficult. But how did you find that team? How did you find the individuals? I think for us, it's quite unique what we do. So it's um, a bit of point and shoot, <laughs> and hope for the best was uh, was probably the best explanation from the start. Um, I got a really good project manager um, from the start who's been with me now for three years, just over three years now he's been here. Um, I've also got a really good team, I guess, for, for us drones, um, it's to find people that design manufacture drones as a, as a skill set is uh, in, in the UK is very, very slim. So we take people with a certain set of skills and we then train them up to, to what we want them to be. Um, it's almost a bit like the ethos of when I was in the the armed forces. You know, you've got taken in basic training, they stripped you down, broke you mentally, and then built you built you back up to the way that they that they formed you the way that they wanted you. So it's uh, a little bit I'm of that. Sure I'm sure you don't break your team down completely in relation to when you're creating them, do you? Karen? <laughs> I know you well enough to know that you're a bit nicer than that. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't break them down mentally, but yeah, um, certainly break them down and form them into into what we need them to. To achieve and it's worked really really well for us so far got some great staff that work here very very loyal and um, go out their way to do anything because they're they're actively invested in this business as well i mean everybody's everybody that comes on is is, is really determined to get the business to where where i where i have it um visioned yeah. in my head so everybody's sharing that vision everybody's got the passion the drive and it's something new and you know if you're down down at the pub with their friends on a friday night and you you know what, what did you do well you know cut up a few bits of wood today what did you do oh, i've designed a, another world leading drone you know it's uh it, it give, gives you a good bit of confidence and uh yeah it's bragging rights as well right yeah yeah no absolutely mate absolutely yeah no the, the guys are absolutely brilliant here and the team's just ever growing i mean we're we're now looking for for more personnel very shortly so it's uh certainly a good sign for us especially in current times where there's companies that are going into the ground and you know, we're seeing a lot of a lot of redundancies and people on furlough, and uh, for us to be growing during this time as well is just it just sort of make it just gives us that confidence that we are on the right track and we are yeah. we are doing the right things. Karen, it is great what you're doing, and you know, in three years, it's amazing where you've taken the business already. Um, I know this is worth another chat, especially on the international front and how you get into international markets. So we'll definitely have to do another one of these in a few weeks' time. But all I can say is thank you so much for your time. Fascinating what you're doing. Keep up the good work, mate. And to everyone else out there, 
I'll link through to Kieran's company. I'll link to Kieran on LinkedIn. So do tap him up, do have a chat with him. He's got some amazing insights in relation to how he gets into new markets. He's really underplayed himself in relation to how he creates his team. It's absolutely brilliant what he's done and the growth of the business has been fantastic as well. So Kieran, thank you so, so much indeed, mate. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you very much, Alex. No worries. Thank you all so much indeed for watching. As always, a huge shout out to our friends at What If Events and the Creative Roots. Links to them below, but if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do this. So until next time, see you and keep safe. Thank you for listening to another episode of the GBU podcast presented by Alex Mitchell. 